Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Signs from the Other Side with Fern Rone. I'm your host, Fern Rone, and this is the place to share signs, coincidences, and messages from the other side. Today I am joined by social media pro and author Jen Cannon. Hi, Jen. Hey, Fern. It's so nice to finally hear your voice. I know. I'm so glad we finally connected. Um, Jen Cannon is a social media expert, freelance writer, and founder of Jen Cannon Productions. She is also a published author. Her book, Sophie Takes a Selfie, helps young readers and adults to navigate social media and all that comes with it. Jen is also a wife and mother of three, originally from Southern California, and now living in my home state of New Jersey. How do you like New Jersey? I actually love it. I always say I'm a SoCal native transplanted to South Jersey. Nice. Jersey gets a bad rap, but it's very nice. It does. It's beautiful where we are. There are plenty of wide open spaces, and it's beautiful. Nice. Um, and we met on Twitter, actually. Um, I remember you starting the Don't Show Me campaign, which we'll talk about um, in a bit. But um, you shared a story about receiving a gift from your grandmother who passed in 1996, and I loved it, and we'll talk about that. Your grandma, Martha, sounds amazing. She was. She really was. She raised you. I always, You know, people always describe their grandparents as having helped raise them, which is very special and very sweet, but she literally raised you for the first eight years of your life. Yes. She did. She was pretty instrumental in, I think, the fact that I have a – pretty straight head on my shoulders today. I think those first several formative years of life are so important to children, and I feel so fortunate that whatever happened, happened. I I really don't, I don't think I'll ever know the exact story, but I've been told bits and pieces by other relatives, and she sort of, she basically kind of rescued me from my poor mother who had a nervous breakdown after I was born. So I will always be grateful to Graham. Yeah. She, so she had her own interesting story. She, her mother was widowed pretty young and had five daughters, right? Yes. And I have, I'm just going to dive right in because I'm just going to toot my own horn and say that when I start thinking about and, and noting things about my family, really on both sides, but especially on my mother's side of the family, there's some very interesting history here. So my great grandmother also named Martha, her maiden name was Lincoln. And so she's actually a sixth cousin, three times removed from Abraham Lincoln. So we're not descendants. We're not direct descendants of of Abe because I don't think there really are any, but we are mm-hmm. we are cousins through his ancestry. So that's that's the first fascinating thing. Good old cousin then, Abe. That's um, incredible. Yeah. Yes, I love it. I've been told it since I was a little girl, and then one of my cousins has for years has been doggedly researching on ancestry, and finally just within the last six months, confirmed the exact relation. So that was pretty fun and special. So cool. Um, That's so cool. Anyway, so my great-grandmother, Dee Dee, I called her, who ironically lived to be 96 and died of natural causes five months earlier than my, before my grandmother passed away. It was very strange. My grandmother had kind of 
taking care of her. We have really long livers in our family, but I think my grandmother didn't take good enough care of herself. But she, Mm -hmm. uh, Dee Dee, had these six girls, my grandmother included, and right out of the gate, I don't know exactly how old the girls were. I think they were all fairly young. Her husband passed away, and she was left on her own. And she was um, actually a corseteer for the fancy ladies of Los Angeles and Beverly Hills back in the 20s and 30s. And that's how she I made money it. to keep her family afloat. And then so she made, literally um, she made had, their corsets for under their fancy yes. dresses? Yes. That's awesome. Yes. So Dee Dee was so busy. She really, I, I've learned from my grandmother and her sisters over the years that they kind of had to figure out a lot of things on their own. Dee Dee mm-hmm. wasn't super maternal and she just didn't know a lot. So when, when my grandmother got married and had two children, she was kind of, I think felt lost herself. And when mm-hmm. my mother was born, um, I only found this out as an adult. So my mother, she had my mother in 1944 and apparently there were some complications and they both ended up spending the first three months in the hospital after my mother was born. And my grandmother told, she did tell me this story herself uh, when I was in my twenties. And she said, yeah, I was, I was really sick. And I think, I don't know if she had an infection or what it was, but she said she was in really terrible shape. And she remembers laying in this hospital bed and looking, it was as if she was looking down on herself and there were nurses and a doctor standing around her talking about how they didn't think she was going to live. And she had this thought in her mind, like, well, I've got to get back. I got to get back there. You know, I have people I got to take care of. And Mm -hmm. so anyway, that things kind of started rough for my mother and her, there's a a cycle. And she, her relationship with your own mother was also a bit fraught. Very, very um, sad. I think because from Mm -hmm. a very young age, my mother was, afraid and my 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 grandfather who's a whole other story in and of himself mm-hmm. um was a bit of a wild man and so i can remember my mother telling me that my own mother that they would go out and leave she and her brother home alone and she would be terrified and then when they would oh, come wow. home my mother she might want to go in their room and sleep with them or something. And my grandfather would always close the door like she wasn't allowed to be in there. Oh, she wow. just felt, I think she felt sort of isolated and almost abandoned mm-hmm. from a really young age. And yeah. I think there were some mental health issues there that went mm-hmm. undiagnosed. So anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So your great grandmother and then your grandmother. Yeah, and so your so your mom sadly had a nervous breakdown after you were born. So Martha kind of made up for having the way she mothered your mother, but she did yeah. it very differently with you. Yeah, which is so fascinating and ironic and mm-hmm. oddly became a little bit of a sense of guilt to me as an adult when I kind of tried to reconnect with my mother. And and that mm. didn't work out the way that I thought it was going to. But yeah, it um, must be hard for because there must be this sense that you know she was so good to you. Why wasn't she? Why didn't I get that, Martha? Yeah. Well, and she yeah. honestly, 
in her own words, she had, had told me many times that she was so grateful to her mom mm-hmm. for doing that. Mm-hmm. that. She really, she knew that she couldn't handle it. And she was so thankful yeah. that, that uh, her mom stepped in and she, she oh, owned good. that. She acknowledged that for sure. So that, you know, that made me feel a little bit better, but it's sad when you see somebody that's just so tortured and there's nothing that you can do to help them and they don't want to help themselves. Yeah. And it seems that you've clearly broken the cycle. You seem to have a wonderful I husband, think that three I have. happy kids. Yeah. I think Graham that's would nice be proud because she, you know, I was a little bit of a different mother at age 18 than I am mm-hmm. with my daughters now. I have my oldest is 32, almost 33, and my daughters are 15 and 13. And mm-hmm. so probably overcompensated a little bit with them. But I can remember <laughs> my grandmother telling me as a young girl, you shouldn't have any more kids. You're, you're like your mom. You shouldn't have any more children. And that Oh, interesting. So you had your son time. at 18. Yes. Yes. I have spanned the generations, Fern. Of parenting. So when you were so when you were pre- so when you were pregnant with your first daughter, which we'll talk about the whoosh and the call from grandma. Yeah. It's almost yeah, like yeah. she was saying, "Forget what I told you about your son. You can do yeah. this." Exactly. Yeah, that exactly was the call. I think. And yeah, I really believe that. And I and I didn't tell you that. And so that makes me. That I was the same thing you just thought. I thought the same thing, and I hadn't really thought about that oh. until we started talking. So that's amazing oh, that you. Yes, came to I the have same chills. Was, yes, oh, I have chills. So that story is my, my grandmother experiencing experienced something similar, a whoosh after my grandfather died. But if you were asleep, you were pregnant, oh, and really? you were sleeping on. Yes, she did. I'll tell you about it. But you were sleeping oh on God. your right side. I was sleeping on my right side. I was in a deep nap, like an afternoon nap, then Mm -hmm. like seven and a half months pregnant lady nap. And it was a beautiful day, you know, in August or July, late July, maybe in Pennsylvania. We still live there. And clearest day in my dream, the phone rang and I picked up the phone and said, hello, and it was Graham's voice saying, hello, hey, Jen. Like, just like she always mm-hmm. would have mm-hmm. talked to me so clear. And just as I was saying to her, back to her, Graham, like, oh, my gosh, I'm so happy to talk. Just as I'm trying to talk back to her, I it's so hard to put this into words. But in my dream, just like this white, like there was a color, it was white, like this white, almost like a little cyclone of air, like just whooshed down into my left ear that was facing up and sent Mm -hmm. this whole tingle through my whole body and woke me up like all at the same time. And I've Mm -hmm. never, ever experienced anything like that or since then or, you know, ever before or since. And I mean, it really was so remarkable. And I believe, and I I feel like, yeah, it was her. Oh, absolutely. And I feel like these things happen kind of with two things at once. Like if you had gotten just the call in your dream, you'd be like, you know, I, I, I had a dream that my grandmother called me, but that it also happened with this whoosh is like the confirmation. Like this was not just a dream. This was a visit. This was a message. Yeah. This was real. 
Absolutely. Yeah. After my grandfather died, my um, grandmother was living alone and my mom drove her home and my mom, you know, drove away and she was kind of organizing her bags in the living room and she heard her, her name, she heard Jean and it was his voice and she felt this rush, like kind of go past her and the doorbell rang and she ran to the doorbell and opened it and there was nobody there, but she described it the same way that she heard her name, there was a whoosh and then the doorbell rang. Yeah. Wow. It's a real thing. thing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then I think it's because you have such a strong bond. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. They're able to do it with you. Yes. Yeah. And what were you going to say? She, I'm sorry I interrupted you. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Just a, She passed in 1996, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And then two years she, later, you were house hunting. Oh, yes. Yeah. So and then in 1998, so the dates, right? I, I had been living and working in Redlands, which was about 70 or 80 miles uh, east of the valley, in in the Los Angeles area. And I had, first of all, the guy that I worked for, um, are you on the West Coast, Fern? Yeah, so I'm a Jersey girl, but now we've been living in LA for a few years. Okay. So my ex-boss is a brilliant man who you should look up after this, who just spent $225 million to preserve land. Uh, his name oh, is wow. Jack Andromont. And okay. the Dandermonds are, uh, if his company went public, he, he's kind of like a private Bill Gates. His company is private mm-hmm. and it's in Redlands. And at the time, I was his executive assistant. And one day he said to me, I had been there for a few years by then, and he said to me, out of the blue, he looked at me and he said, uh, Jennifer, um, you need to buy a house. And he gave me the name of this woman that he wanted me to call. He's like, I want you to call Janie. Her name's Janie. I want you to call her. She's at Lois Lauer Realty. And so I was like, okay. So I call <laughs> and, I, and I speak to this woman and we make an appointment to go look at houses. Um, and unbeknownst to me, Jack had never even met Janie in, per- in person before. He, they, they had never met. And little did he know that we would become instant friends and she would become almost like a surrogate mom in my life. And we're still extremely close today. So she oh, takes wow. me so he, And he, what made him say, say her name? He just heard she was I don't good. even know. Who knows? Oh, wow. I mean, he, that real estate company is who he did most of his business with. But he mostly mm-hmm. dealt with um, another person, and I guess he had back then he had just started working with Janie, but they had never met each other in person. So clearly, he mm-hmm. really liked and respected her. So that's the name he right. gave. And for me, it's just another one of those sort of odd coincidences. So mm-hmm. we're looking at houses, and we looked at a couple, and then we got to this one on a corner lot, and we walked in. And the way the floor plan went, there was kind of a circle you could kind of walk in through the kitchen and out the other side of the kitchen and back around into the front room, which had this big picture window. And I looked Mm -hmm. around and I really liked it. It was like a rancher, like a classic 50s style ranch home. And the people had moved out. They were long gone. And I come around to the front and I'm looking through this picture window and I see this little gold 
like brass hummingbird with little jewels hanging in the wings or little holes in the wings mm-hmm. that stuck like a little suction cup onto the window. And I saw mm-hmm. that hummingbird and I told Jeannie, I said, oh my gosh, that's a sign. That's what my grandmother had that mm-hmm. same little hummingbird in her living room window in her apartment in Sherman Oaks. And she just, she's very sensitive like I am. And she immediately, yeah. you know, got a little got teary eyed about it. <laughs> and I just thought, this, is my, this is my house. Yes. What are the chances yeah. that, that this person would have the same and that they would leave it yeah. there? You know, like so much has and to happen. And they would to, leave it. Yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. That they would have to, um, yeah, say like, well, this I'm gonna I'm gonna leave here. There was a reason they left it there, and to them, it's just like, yeah, you know, they didn't think twice about it. And there were it. no, and yeah, and there were no drapes on the window, so it wasn't like it was hiding behind a drape or anything. It was right there in front of me. So right. it just is like this little thing. Like some people might say, oh, that's just a silly coincidence, but to me, it was like the sign. Like Graham is giving yes. you the stamp of approval. And that Absolutely. house, I ended up, I ended up making so much money on that house. I met my husband. Oh, good. Um, a few years after I had been living there, and he's originally from Pennsylvania. And when before we got married, we decided, you know, we would sell my house and move back east, and that afforded us um, the ability to buy a small home in Marion, where he grew up. So all these all these things just sort of fell into place. Yeah. Thanks, Graham. That's right. Mm. And I'm glad to hear that your old boss is preserving land. Howie and I, um, that's my husband, we are fairly new to California. We've only been here a few years, but we've driven up the up and down the coast and we're just like this this country, this state, this it's so beautiful. I don't know if well, you know, every, I feel like everyone preserving. should visit California. Yeah, oh there's, it's there's so beautiful. a piece of land in um I wanna say it's in Ventura County somewhere. I saw mm. there's a beautiful video about it on Facebook. I will send it to you. Yeah, send it to they're, me. they're really good people. And I'm yeah. glad when you saw the hummingbird that you were with someone who who got it, who was sensitive to it. My mother yeah. um, you know, she said to she said to my grandfather after he died, If you send me three shiny pennies, I'll know it's you and the next day she went to the coffee Aww. shop at work and there were three shiny pennies there and she started crying, but she was with people who who were believers, we say, who got it, who weren't like people that's a little weird. They that. completely got it. People, I see people talking about the coins all the time, and I had not been familiar with that. But I will tell you, I, I will never pass up a penny on the ground because I feel yeah. somehow I feel like it's disrespectful to the penny and to my cousin Abe. Yeah. So we, we always pick up a penny. I love but, it. Um, so, yeah. It's nice. And that's last, so sweet that you're still friends with uh, Janie. Oh, yeah. She's amazing. We just caught up a couple of weeks ago on life stuff. And, you know, I think because of my growing up situation with my grandmother and then I had sort of a what was pro- would probably be considered, I guess, a interesting, little bit dysfunctional relationship with a stepmother in the future. I think mm-hmm. I always sort of looked for mothers so, so without really knowing that I was. I think that I did that. Mm-hmm. So I've tended 
throughout my life to have two or three women who are a little bit older than I am, who have really been there for me at pivotal times in my life to give Mm -hmm. me great advice and teach me some great lessons. And I've always been so appreciative of that. I think, you know, sometimes you make your own family. Right. And it sounds like it came to you when you needed them. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's true. And it sounds like you, like we said, broke the cycle. That we, excuse me, the the most fun thing that we can talk about too <laughs> is the the vase that I They're received. They're all great. I have so to tell random. you, my husband, <laughs> yeah, my husband was was he's like my uh like the momager, like he's like my uh, stage mother. He was looking at my notes and he was just like every one of these stories is incredible. You were meant to connect with her, but yes, I love the vase story, and this is what we connected with over Twitter. Yeah, because I know I remember. That, like a year ago, we started kind of talking about this, and then I will completely own the fact that I dropped the ball in, in oh, sending no, no, you no. my stories. And so no, I'm no. so Everyone thankful that it's happening busy. now. Yeah, but it was I, meant to happen this way. Yes. Well, my Aunt Rosalie, who, like I said, there are lots of long livers in my family, and... Rosalie, my grandmother's, I think she was older than my grandmother. Excuse me. I'm so sorry. I'm going to take a sip of my tea. Sure. And is she She still living? Am I remembering that? She is, right? Oh, no, no, no. She's still alive. Okay. Oh, yeah. She's still alive, and she lives in Southern California as well. Okay. I believe in the San Diego area now. And she is... God bless, even as a young girl, like my grandmother would spend a lot of time with her sisters, and I think she was mm-hmm. especially close with Rosalie. And, um, but I, you know, as I grew up and stuff, these were not aunt, they were technically, they're my great aunts because she's my grandmother. Mm-hmm. And they, they weren't the kind of aunts that like knew birthdays and stuff of, of right. us. So, right. like, so one day I get home from wherever in the afternoon and there's a package for me and it's from Rosalie. And I thought, Oh my gosh, what is this? It's kind of heavy. And I open it up and it's this beautiful, it's not expensive. I think it's probably from pier one imports or something, but it's this beautiful <laughs> Love pier one. base, the, this vase and with a note that said, you know, hi Jennifer, how are you doing? Um, this face belonged to your grandma, Martha and I just thought that you might let, enjoy having it. I know, because she knows that I treasure anything of my grandmother's. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I just thought, oh, and then, you know, the date is June 18th. And my birthday is the next day. And I thought, okay, if this Incredible. is my grandmother, wishing me happy birthday with a vase to put flowers in? I don't know what is. And she had Absolutely. no way of knowing. Like, she didn't know. Right. And I, I right. wrote back to her and told her, actually, how thankful I was for that and how Aww. I just, like, I think I, I'm sure I cried because I'm a little bit of a sap, but I just thought, Me too. You know, I cried this is so special. <laughs> oh, it was definitely a birthday gift. It was definitely, it was definitely Graham's work. It was definitely Martha's work yeah. and definitely a birthday gift. Oh, I love it. And there yeah. was another time where, um, the trash can popped open. You're sitting, oh, yeah. with your daughter. <laughs> that 
I love right. This, I, yeah, this is a perfect example of um, like when the two things happen at once. I think so. The so, trash can and I and yeah. Well, and it's weird because it's weird that. The trash can, like, we're sitting at breakfast, and Sydney at the time was, I think, 10, and she was like, did you hear that? And <laughs> and I didn't miss a beat. Like, my first thought was, like, the, like I didn't even wait or think about it. I just said, oh, maybe uh-huh. that's Gigi Martha saying hello to us. And we just <laughs> laughed. And that was in the early in the morning and she stretched her arms way up in the sky and said, hi, Gigi, Martha. Cause I've always <laughs> talked to them about her. Cause I, I just think she would adore them and I want to believe that she can see them and watch oh, over yeah. them. So Absolutely. that afternoon I get another package from aunt Rosie, <laughs> auntie Rosalie, and it <laughs> has some little kind of knickknacky things in it, but in it was this little Bible that my grandmother carried as a young girl to St. Paul's Methodist Episcopal Church in Los Angeles. And it has, it was so weird to open this Bible and see her little 12 year old girl handwriting inside of this Bible. I mean, I have it wrapped in bubble wrap because it could just fall apart. It's so old. Yeah. 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 That's so sweet. But I love that it happened on, it was kind of like, um, like a, open up something's coming <laughs> on the same day yeah. but like these things kind of on happen the same day. You know, yeah just to confirm it and that, like this is your validation and that was you know my birthday Boz was in 2012 in June of 2012 and then that morning was um September of 2013 the following year so I'm always like, what's yeah. this? Whenever I, whenever yeah. it's unexpected, I think, oh, I wonder what's coming next. <laughs> coming in the mail. Oh, these are so great. I love Grandma Martha. She's Me amazing. Too. Oh, and she's, you would have loved yeah. her. She's a lovely woman. Aww. And she's <laughs> definitely watching over all of you. Very proud. Thank you. Um, Thank you. And particularly proud of Sophie Takes a Selfie, which I downloaded. <laughs> and read oh, and believe it should be handed you. out in schools in every school in America and the world. Just, I feel like they should hand it to children and say, this is your guide for get, navigating social media. Do what this says. Don't do what this says not to do. And you'll be okay. So I just feel like great. I'm such an advocate for early education. And at this point, you know, when I wrote it in 2014, I really had the mindset that it was for tweens. And now, fast mm-hmm. forward, you know, five years later, I or four years later, I really feel that it it needs to be seen by, you know, as young as fourth graders reading with their parents. Because mm-hmm. if you read it, you'll see it doesn't talk down. It's not childish. It's very straightforward. Mm-hmm. And, but it's it's really it for is. everyone, Fern. Since we're yeah, Twitter, it really is how. That you'll you'll know that there are plenty of adults that could use the book as well. Absolutely. So I, I see people writing the nastiest <laughs> things, and then you look at their profile, and it's like, loving grandmother of three. Like, <laughs> really? Like, you're writing this disgusting stuff on, on Twitter. Would you want your grandchildren yeah. writing this? It's for everyone. It really is. Yeah. It is. There are so it, many. And I, I really. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. 
I was just going to say, I just really believe, okay. Yeah, I was wondering about that. We've been doing pretty good so far. Yeah, yeah. I feel like early education is key. And now, you know, there are so, the, the statistics are a little bit alarming with the fact that, you know, suicide rates among people ages 10 to 19 are increasing. And the dates, the years sort of coincide with the rise of social media. And and I don't think that's any coincidence. And so I feel strongly about teaching them sooner than later. It's, I always think that, you know, I grew up and I was born in the 70s. So I grew up in the, you know, my tween years were in the 80s and 90s. And I always think thank god there was no social oh, media yeah. because i yeah. had anxiety from the day i was born to begin with if i had seen oh. things that people wrote or parties <clears throat> that people were at or it would have tortured oh. it would have just tortured Can me i imagine? would have been obsessed oh it would have been awful i always I, think I would have thank been god too i had yeah. self-esteem and i would have been the girl mm-hmm. on instagram begging for boys to please pay attention to me and tell me I'm pretty fishing for a compliment. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was a little bit of a disaster myself at that, at the yeah. teenage years. <laughs> and, oh, yeah. you know, and, we didn't yeah. have to make our mistakes publicly and become potentially a national headline. Exactly. Thank God. And I also think of the things that, you know, kind of my worldview when I was in high school and the things I thought and said, and I'm like, thank God, none of that has ever been documented <laughs> anywhere because I have a yes. completely different worldview now. And thank God. And um, yeah, it's just, we're very lucky. You had some, so many great tips too, that I particularly want to drill into every child and adult's head is just about having perspective and having empathy. If you put yourself in someone else's shoes, how would you feel if someone wrote that? Which is, I feel like it's something we can teach. I mean, I know, you know, their brains, um, they develop it. Yeah. And it's hard, but I think, but the key, yeah. And the key is that the mm -hmm. parents have to have that mindset. Mm -hmm. My favorite thing to do is take the worst possible subject and force myself to look at every single side of it, even the side that I don't agree with or that I think Mm -hmm. is morally wrong or that I know is wrong and try to see from that other side. And if, if everyone could just take a little time to do more of that before having knee-jerk reactions to everything, I think we could all set better examples for our kids. You know, and I, I, unfortunately, you know, you're not going to reach everyone, but I, Mm -hmm. you know, I feel, I feel like there's always hope and all we can do is continue to encourage people to have, look from someone else's point of view. You might be surprised what Mm -hmm. you see. Right. Exactly. It's so, it's such an important lesson. And the other thing about the new Jericho reaction also in terms of social media don't respond right away. Yeah. And, and I love that you oh. said don't, you know, don't respond at all, which I am such a huge believer in. If someone writes something nasty, a nasty comment on a blog I write or anything on any social media, I just leave it there. Because the longer it engage. stays there, it just rots. And the person looks dumber and dumber and dumber, the more it just sits there yeah. completely untouched and unengaged, and um, which is not what they want. Which, And then you also have to have empathy for them like what is wrong with this person that what's happened in their yeah. life that led them to the point that they're what writing this on social media them? so I'm yeah so I you know I, I 
I leave it there, let it rot, but also have empathy for this person that that this something yeah. happened in their life that led them to this point and how lucky am I that I'm not writing someone writing nasty You're messages. You're not there, on. yeah. I really exactly. try to teach my kids, yeah, that we have to teach our kids. Well, you're going to say you really try to teach I, I try to teach my kids because I think every kid is going to have some kind of awkward or bad experience with the quote unquote mean kid in the school. And I know mm-hmm. the word bully is so overused today and we're so quick to call something bullying when really mm-hmm. it's just somebody, you know, being a little jerk. And mm-hmm. both of my daughters have had experiences in elementary school and I just said to them, like, listen, I, I'm happy that you're sensitive and that this made you mad, but I need you to know that, A, we're in a time now where boys a lot are going to just start saying some stupid stuff, and you need to just mm-hmm. let it roll off your shoulders. But in, in some cases, when someone truly is going out of their way to be mean, you have to say, yeah, that's not okay, but at the same time, you have to wonder what happened to that kid. Are his parents mm-hmm. divorced? Is somebody an alcoholic? Is there, are they being hurt or mistreated at home? Because typically the kids, you know, the, I'm not a psychologist, but mm-hmm. typically kids that right. act that way are, have some sort of an issue at home and they're just trying to get any kind of attention they can get, whether it's mm-hmm. negative or positive. And you just happen to be the target today. So exactly. I, but I, but we, it's, I just think it's important to arm our kids with the tools to handle it because now if you, you know, the minute that you let them on Instagram or Snapchat, you know, they can see where all of their friends are. They can see, mm-hmm. you know, who's at the party that they're not invited to. And I, it's like part of me hates it. And then the other part of me feels mm-hmm. like, okay, they're growing a thick skin here too because they've mm-hmm. kind of gotten to a point where it bothers them less. Because they know who their friends are. Right. Exactly. It teaches them, yeah, who your true friends are and and to be confident in yourself that, all right, if I'm not invited to the party, I can be okay with that and make my own fun. Yeah. Yeah. Be okay. Exactly. The other thing that you started. I always say. Incredible. Oh, go ahead. No, please go ahead. No, you you go first. You said, I always say. (laughs) Oh, I always tell them that they're, nobody's having that much fun, you know, and you're really only right, seeing little exactly. snippets, little baby micro moments of these kids, it's, you know. It's so true. Nobody's having as much fun as they look like they're having on social media. No. Absolutely And I always not. find that, this was actually also in your book, I always find that when I'm having the best time, I take no pictures. Like I always say to my husband before we go to a party, I'm like, I want a hundred pictures. I don't want to hear you complaining. I like pictures. And then we get there and I have so much fun. I forget to take photos. It happens on vacation too. I'm like, I'm having fun. And I just forget to take pictures. That's when you're having, the irony is that's usually when you're having the best time. Yeah. You're not, you're not worried about it. We just went on vacation, and I was happily disconnected for about seven or eight days. And I did take a few pictures here and there, but I didn't have that feeling like I have to capture every moment. I was so it was so relaxing and such a relief to not be near any news, to not have any access to any internet or anything. And we did that on purpose so that 
because we could have yeah. got paid and, you know, whatever to be able to see stuff. But I, it's almost like it's a treat not to. Yeah, that is a perfect vacation. I get, it does something to your brain, I'm telling you, not looking yeah. at any of this stuff. For even, even three or four days, it changes your brain. Yeah, I believe it. The other thing that you started is the don't show me campaign. So hashtag don't show me, which is, is incredible because the scary thing is that, so I have, I have nieces, I also have nephews and I, the scary thing, cause I worry about everything. What if people are sending the, them, especially the nephews, things that they don't, yeah. that could get them in trouble that they could end up at God for me. Yeah. What the porn on their right. their uh, phone, right. and they didn't even ask for it. So it's right. so and scary. That's, so that's an issue. Should, yeah. Oh, it's terrifying. So they, they don't show me campaign. Is yeah. Mm-hmm. They should immediately. Well, and that the the they should immediately tell somebody in authority because it's mm-hmm. almost like when that happens your phone becomes like a hot potato. And in the state uh-huh. of New Jersey, I'm more familiar with the laws here. And they have mm-hmm. had to um, sort of rewrite and redo some of the laws so that we're not having, you know, 11-year-olds having to register as sex offenders. Because technically, oh, in the state good. of New Jersey, if one, if one of my daughters even takes a selfie of themselves half naked or whatever, an inappropriate photo, and it even them possessing a photo of themselves on their phone is, is technically considered a crime. And, and we've had in, we live oh, in a wow. very nice school district and the junior mm-hmm. high school had last year when my daughter was in seventh grade, there was a whole sexting situation where a girl had actually asked a boy for pictures and then somehow mm-hmm. they got, disseminated to some other students and it was a big deal. The police came and kids were suspended for a few days and it was, it was not good. And I think the bigger issue, besides the fact that that's mortifying, right. The bigger issue is when, when kids do this and then the poor kid, whoever it is, the pictures of Mm -hmm. people are now people are talking about you. And that's my whole right. thing. I, I really tried to start that campaign last year, Fern, and I was sad that it mm-hmm. didn't gain more traction. I, it I will. did some I think radio it, interviews. I think we have to revive it. Yeah, I'll do because it. Because it's, it's perfect. It's perfect in the sense that. I have asking me for posters. Yeah. Yeah, we have to get it going again because it's perfect in the sense that forget about don't sharing. Like that's kind of common sense that, you know, we should, we should drill that into their brains as well. But not only don't share, don't show me is Yeah, like I don't want to see that. Like whatever it is, yeah. I don't want to be, I don't want to be, I don't want my kids to be contributing to anyone else's humiliation or shame. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. I used to do assemblies and towards the end of, of last year or the year before when I was doing them, I would ask ahead of time, like, can I have permission for the kids, whoever wants to, to take the don't show me dare. And we would, everybody would simply put their hands over their eyes and 
mm-hmm. the whoever would take a picture of the group. And mm-hmm. and I had people all the way from California and all over the place sending me their don't show me pictures. And I had I got a pretty good collection of them. And um That's great. It just really is like you're taking a pledge to be respectful of yourself and others mm-hmm. because the, you know, it. you could save someone's life. They don't understand it, but kids are killing themselves over nothing. Exactly. Oh, I just got chills. That's exactly it. Yeah. They and could be saving someone's thing, life by not contributing to the humiliation that could could kill someone. Yeah. Yep. And and today, I said this a few years ago, and that my this is my big claim to fame, Fern. I'm a -hmm. little bit obsessed with Nora O'Donnell from CBS this morning. And originally in 2000, in 2014, the good people at CBS three Philadelphia did a package on my book and myself and they came to my home. And I had thought of this quote that I was too afraid to say for a long time out loud. And one of my friends said, Oh my gosh, you have to say that. And then I spoke to the anchor at the time that was doing the, the piece with me. And she said, Oh my gosh, you have to say that. And so not only did I say it when she did the piece early in the morning, it ran at like six forty-five, six fifty, And at right at that time, she made in her last comment, she said, I really liked it when Jen, the way Jen says, anonymity is the new virginity. And oh, Nor- the, very nice. Nora very, O'Donnell very they were listening in New York because they were getting ready to come and do their, like, what's happening, what's coming up next on CBS this morning. And she uh-huh. quoted me and said, I like <gasps> that line, anonymity is the new virginity, and we'll see what young people have to say about that. And then she I came and commented it. and said, it's <gasps> brilliant, and you have to title your next book or article. So now I've spent the last yeah. five years trying to write something else, Fern. <laughs> I know how it is. That's the a next, great quote. The and next it's so book. exciting that she that she repeated it and commented. I I could totally get it because I'm obsessed with Rosanna Scotto, and you're very lucky that you get to watch her <laughs> in, on the East Coast. I love her. I've loved her since I was a kid. Um, and I'm Italian, and she's Italian, so I think that was the I identified oh, with her. Nice. I just love her. But that's so funny that you love Nora O'Donnell, and of all people. That's awesome, and it is such a it's such a great quote. I just wrote it down. I'm gonna tweet it. Um, it's so true, and it's such a great quote. You have to. That should be your next book, the follow up. I'm. I have a proposal halfway written, Fern. Nice. And can we just say on Blog Talk Radio that how amazing it is that there is Fern in the name of the street where I live. We own a horse named Princess Fernanda, who we lovingly call Fern, and now I, I know it. a human being named Fern. So it's, <laughs> it's all the best well, things. I know. There are no coincidences. I have to tell you, my my actual first name is Jennifer, and my is maiden name, yes, and my maiden name is Fernicola, and my married name is Rone. And growing up, as you know, there were always a million Jennifers. So oh, yeah. I just kind of naturally became Fern and in high school, all through, you know, college, graduate school, every, work, everybody calls me Fern because there's always another Jen. So, yeah, so I'm a Jennifer, but I'm also a Fern. I go by Fern and I love that. I love the connection. 
Well, and I have another saying about Jens. I have never <laughs> met a Jen that I didn't like. Aw. I have to think and about I, it. Now, I probably haven't either. I can, I, think about that. Think about that because I know a lot of Jens, and I like all of them. And I meet Jens, you know, because it, it was such a popular name. And oh, it was so they popular. They all seem to be very nice people. I'm going to try to find a yeah. Jen and see if I can find Yeah, them. Jens are good. But, Jens are good people. I, it's so funny growing I'm, up that you know how like people with oh go ahead. No no no. I was just gonna say I also my other favorite actress is Jennifer Aniston. I was I loved Friends. I oh you know, I love watching that whole series, and I always thought she was the coolest. And despite her stunning beauty and talent, she seems down to earth and funny. I was just gonna say, and she's so sweet. I used to dream, like, I have dreamed on more one more than one occasion that I've, like, just been out to lunch with Jennifer Aniston, and we had a great <laughs> conversation. We ate Mexican food. It was the best. I feel like I met her. Oh, she loves Mexican. <laughs> that's so funny. Oh, maybe that's a, maybe it'll happen. That's yeah, so funny. I <laughs> I, Probably uh, not, but you used to dream. You never know. I was actually listening to, um, I love Oprah Super Soul. Um, she has a podcast, oh. actually, if you search Super Soul. And someone, she was chatting with someone recently who said that people who are still in the physical plane can meet with each other, you know, in their dreams, even if they don't remember it, on another level. So maybe she was, maybe Jennifer Aniston was hoping to meet someone like you, hoping to have a friend like you. And you guys, can you maybe imagine? you just go to lunch. That would be so crazy. <laughs> maybe you did have Mexico. <laughs> So crazy. And I love Princess Fernanda is the greatest name for a horse ever. Fern for that short. Her racing name. She was not meant to oh, be I a race horse. Yeah. Thankfully for us. Yeah. She's Aww. a good girl. Oh, all ferns are good. <laughs> and all gens yes, are good they too. Are. This was awesome. I am so happy we connected. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thanks for having for me. Sharing this was so much fun to talk about. So much fun. So where can everyone, I have it in the show notes, but if you could tell everyone where to find you on social media. They can find me at uh, Jen Can Pro on Twitter. It's actually J-E-N-C-A-N-N-P-R-O on Twitter. That seems to be one of my favorite places lately. I do have an mm-hmm. author page on Facebook that's just JJ Cannon Author, if you do a search mm-hmm. there. And I try to really focus on, you know, the book and things that are happening related, you know, news-wise related to social media and young people or, you know, whatever the headline might be. And I try to sort of debunk things that try to scare people that come out that are sensational and say, Mm -hmm. okay, this is the headline. Let me tell you what this is really about. I try to be informative and then you can also find me on Instagram at JJ Cannon Author. Perfect. And I got Sophie Take the Selfie on iBooks, but it's also available on on Amazon and Barnes and Noble, right? It is available on Amazon. And let okay. me just tell you, as an independent author, I I went the independent route with my first book because I thought of the idea for the book during the summer of 2013 when selfies were completely blowing up and I was working mm-hmm. as an independent contractor doing social media management. And I thought, Oh my God, these kids, the stuff these kids put out, someone needs to write mm-hmm. 
like a Miss Manners, like an etiquette book for kids on social media. And my husband looked at me and said, that's the book that you should write, that that's what you should do. And so Mm -hmm. I hurried very quickly to get it out. And I will still say there's not another book like it on the market. So right now, Amazon, who can apparently price my book however they want, Um, and I have since found out that it does not does not affect my bottom line. They have it today. It's priced at like $4 and something ridiculous. And I had just recently reduced the price to nine ninety eight because I just mm-hmm. thought it was a good book to be under $10 for kids. Mm-hmm. So right now it's super cheap on Amazon. Perfect. And it's good and to, free, I mean, they can shipping. get the hardcover. Yes. And yes. they can also, I yeah. mean, this is digital, so they could kind of have it, they could download it on their phone and have it handy reference guide. Yes. And if anybody nice. ever wanted me to, to send them a copy, a personalized copy, they can reach out to me on Twitter or whatever social media, and I'm happy to send them a book from me, and, you know, they can just PayPal me. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you so much. This Thank is awesome. You. Amazing story. Thank wonderful. you, Grandma Martha, for connecting us. Yes. <laughs> and Love you, Grandma. Again, Hope you're this, listening. Oh, she is. <laughs> Hi, Martha. Um, again, this is Science <laughs> from the Other Side with Fern Rone. I'm your host, Fern Rone. You can find me on all social media at Fern Rone, R-O-N-A-Y. Thank you, and have a great day. Bye, Jen. You too. Bye.